there are certain expectations of Chinese people or what someone British looks like that I don't fit into because the narrative is made for Chinese people or the narrative is made for someone who is British is very, very narrow. Welcome to Foreign Concepts, a podcast discussing cultural identity, race and representation from my point of view as a British East Asian of Chinese descent. Today's episode is called Where Are You From? and I'll be dissecting the connotations of this question which seems seemingly simple but is actually very loaded and implies a lot about our cultural identity. First I think it's important to define cultural identity and what it means conventionally. So I've read some extracts from Stuart Hall and Homi Baba two OG academics who have written extensively on culture and post-colonialism respectively. I'll start by reading their take on cultural identity. Stuart Hall says that cultural identity turns out to be one of the least understood concepts and also explains that the constructs of identity are founded on the recognition of some common origin or shared characteristic with another person or group or an ideal with a natural closure of solidarity and allegiance. Homi Baba, an OG of post-colonial studies, regards culture as constantly in flux and not fixed on time. You might think that these notions are pretty ambiguous and that's because culture is. So on that basis, culture is defined and cultivated by the community. So this is why I think it's important and know that we as a culture can cultivate our own sense of identity. Whether you're British Chinese, Pakistani British, Nigerian British, Northern Irish with a capital or small n, however you identify, how do you define cultural identity or your own cultural identity? What is it to you? Can you define it? Do you define it? Maybe you've shed the heaviness of having to choose your identity and are constantly fluid. Let me know. Personally, my cultural identity comes from being British Chinese and a creative. I would say those are my three identifying labels, if you like. Being born in England and being raised with Chinese parentage means that you naturally inherit two cultures. And sometimes there is a sense of fitting into neither. And I know this tends to be common for a lot of us in this position when you're straddling two cultures or more. I find this quite odd though because Britain is known for its openness or perceived openness and this multicultural cosmopolitan hub for people all around the world is made up by us, the minority, so why don't we have a comfortable place in this country? It doesn't make sense to me why people of two cultures find themselves at odds with both identities. Maybe I'm just in a bubble of pro-diversity And maybe it might seem quite odd coming from me because I'm perceived as someone who's British and it may seem odd that I'm portraying myself or my community as outsiders. But just because I don't let it affect me or hinder the way I am as a person and the way I am with people doesn't mean that these things don't exist. And this notion of foreignness doesn't pervade our society and our community and other ethnic minorities. When I first started thinking about cultural identity and my identity, I felt like I had to choose one or the other, or that I had to perform or conform to certain notions of either identity, whether that was subconscious or not. 
These days, I find it a lot easier to just identify as both within my own expansive definition of what I deem British Chinese. And I guess that's because it's not really possible to fit the traditional notion of what it means to be British or the traditional notion of what it means to be Chinese because it's a hybrid and a derivative of both those cultures. So why should I and how can I fit into either if you're referring to these definitions rigidly? So it makes sense for me to feel that I'm British Chinese and that that's a subdivision of both cultures itself. That being said, I'm well aware that people will still want to put me in either of those labels. And I am really proud to say that I'm both. I'm British. I'm Chinese. I have no problem saying that. It's not about rejecting either of those labels, but instead expanding what they mean to me. So this whole podcast is born from the fact that we as British Chinese people who have been born in this country or have lived in this country so long are still regarded as foreign or treated as other. It should not be a surprise that anyone who looks like me comes across as British because we are. We're socialised here, we're brought up here. But it seems to be that I have to explain that or make that explicit because the images that we see of Britishness or Chineseness don't correlate with British Chineseness and that we don't fit what people perceive. Obviously, you have the mindset that you're normal and that you fit in and that you belong because who wouldn't in a place that they were born in? It bothers me that no matter how strong you are, no matter how individual you are, it's very hard to be that person when other people are telling you you're something else and that you're not what people expect. This is why we overcome that with finding our own spaces or speaking up or debunking these notions that we're foreign or a monolithic identity. And it's not about conforming or rejecting. It's just about truth and it's just about overcoming the fact that there are narratives and prescribed notions that haven't come from Chinese people. And that have come from the history of the Yellow Peril, which I'm going to do a separate podcast on. So, considering I identify as British Chinese, I define that identity as it is. It's a new form of both these identities. It's not lesser. It's just not as traditional. That being said, I've also been raised by Chinese parents and that is what makes me different from what one might describe as British. So as much as I've been socialised in a British country, the way I was brought up at home is going to be inherently different in the sense that I've been instilled with certain ethics and morals. For me, I'd say that the core beliefs that I've been instilled with are an intense sense of family loyalty, keeping your word and having a sense of integrity as a matter of honour. I'm not saying that I've never lied and that I'm perfect, but I tend to try to keep honest and candid. And I think that that comes a lot from my culture, being Chinese, as well as coming from the parents that I've come from. So, yeah, I think that moral integrity is key in Chinese culture. But I don't have that many people to compare it with, so... Please let me know if you're Chinese or not Chinese and whether this has been instilled in you and whether you think that's a parental thing or that's a cultural thing. And I also say having a good work ethic and being resourceful are two other key core values. And I personally think that it comes down to when you've come to a country that isn't your own, 
you tend to have less resources and have to work with what's around you. And I think I've gained that sense of resourcefulness being Chinese. I think that the resourcefulness has a big impact on why I'm quite creative now because you have to make things work with what you have and you just get on with things and just be resilient. I think that's very common amongst immigrant families. And I'm actually proud to say that my parents came from another country because it's given me certain qualities and certain characteristics that other people may not be as likely to have through sheer environmental factors. I also think that respecting your elders is a massive part of being Chinese. We call relatives uncle and auntie and it's weird because my sense of always speaking up regardless of who you're speaking to contrasts with this because as much as someone older than you can be bigoted or can have certain views that you don't agree with, there's just this certain notion that you should respect them because they've lived longer than you, they know more and know certain things that we literally cannot know if you are younger because of simply living less. Not to say that if you're younger you have less life experience but generally there's a correlation between how much you might know and how much someone older knows and even if it doesn't correlate with your current thinking or it seems to be a clash of generations I think that it's important to respect your elders in that they've lived different lives and that they're kind of in a position to say more because we, or at least I don't feel like I've had the experience to kind of disagree and it's just something that is really deeply ingrained into my way of thinking and my mentality and I wonder how strong this is for other people, whether you're Chinese or not, whether you feel that you should respect your elders and even if there are times where I do disagree, it's just it's just respect, isn't it? Obviously there are exceptions, but I would just take up too much time trying to acknowledge every single individual opinion. But that's what the comments are for. I want other people to engage with me. So please, please, please tell me what you think. Your opinion matters and it's valid. Do you think these values are more cultural or it's more dependent on a parental style? I also remember eating dinner with my family every night and that was common for our house but I'm not sure for anyone else. I would say that's more a parenting style. So yeah, what is it like living in an English household? What do you think is common to Englishness or Britishness or your own household? Because I haven't lived it and I don't want to stereotype or generalise and I want to create a space where we can have these discussions. These are the questions I'm here to ask and these are the views I want to find out, so DM and comment. Aside from all of these core values that I feel make me Chinese, there's a lot of Chinese things that I don't relate much to, and I wonder if this is because of there are a lot of Chinese myths and tropes and prescribed ways of being Chinese that I don't fit into or that simply don't exist. For example, although I relate being hardworking to my Chineseness, I also think that this was adopted through osmosis and through seeing my parents work so hard, as opposed to having tiger parents. I remember feeling really tired during my GCSEs and complaining to my dad like, ugh, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm so tired, like, I'm not motivated to study right now. And his reaction was just really blasé and chilled out, and he was just like, yeah, just chill out, come watch some TV with me, I'll make a cup of tea. And I just find this memory really distinctive, because it just doesn't correlate with the narratives that I've been told about what Chinese parents are like. And maybe it was just because my parents were different, but I think that it's a myth or only pertains to some Chinese families because I can imagine a lot of Chinese parents also saying the same thing. But you let me know. Maybe my dad was just cool. 
But yeah, I was never explicitly pushed to work hard or achieve. This sense of achievement and high standards just came from myself and also seeing my parents do the same thing. So although it wasn't explicit, it is part of our culture. And I'm not trying to deny anyone who has had pushy parents and who have been pushed to excel. But I'm just saying that I was never explicitly pushed and I want to know if other people were in the same position. Do you think that you perpetuate these stereotypes? Or do you think that you genuinely align with what is typical Chineseness? There is also the notion that we're quiet and meek, and that's 100% something that I can't relate to. Aside from the fact that I would say I'm pretty low-key and that I'm private, that is more of a personality trait. It's hard for me to believe because every Chinese person that I know has an opinion and is very dynamic and very animated. We're all born with opinions, so I just think it's wild to say that one race is particularly unopinionated, meek and quiet. Sometimes I wonder if I perpetuate it myself, and I've heard my friends perpetuate it as well. And even within our own community, we say that we're reserved, but I personally think that it's easy to believe when more people are saying it and find examples of those things. So I want to raise this question and ask my community what they think about it, because... I just don't get it. Like, for example, if someone's being racist to me, I shout back. And I've seen loads of people saying that they're afraid to stand up to racism or they don't know what to say. And maybe it's because I grew up in Essex and I'm mouthy or maybe it's because my parents gave me a megaphone and never muted me. But I don't think it's just because of my environment. I think we have opinions and I don't want to reduce other people to the stereotype of being meek. And for those who think that we are meek and quiet, why is that? Although I'm Chinese, it's just something I can't fathom. Please answer me from your point of view and try to consider whether we as a community are peddling narratives that haven't been written by us. So we're stereotyped for being quiet and meek and reserved and unconfrontational. And I would personally say that most people are unconfrontational. For example, whenever someone's harassed me in public, blatantly, no one on the train or the tube or when I'm walking has ever said anything and considering this country is 87% white, on that basis, why isn't the white or British community associated with being meek and quiet? Anytime someone's tried to shout at me in public, I have been the one that's spoken up and responded and it always seems to be on public transport and no one else on that carriage, whether they're white, black, brown or Asian, has ever stood up for me. And that is something cultural and that is not something that I personally think pertains singularly to our culture. There are plenty of people who are non-confrontational, quiet and apparently meek. And that's most people. We're built to be threat averse. So why is it that Chinese people are associated with being quiet and meek? If you've ever been abused in public, if you've ever been shouted at or harassed in public, has anyone ever stood up for you? And if they have... Would you associate it to their race or would you associate it to their character? I watched this video during the height of Black Lives Matter and she's addressing anti-blackness in the community, which I wholeheartedly advocate too. Anti-blackness in all communities must be overcome and must be spoken about. However, 
the main part I took from the video was her talking about Asians taking their muzzles off as though she was trying to disassociate herself with that form of Chineseness. And I found it very demeaning and very problematic in that she was trying to put down our community. That just doesn't work. You can't just be like, oh, I'm not that sort of Chinese. You're either a certain type of person that stands up for justice or you're a certain type of person that is racist and is a bigot. Every race, every culture has a problem with talking about race. So to call out our group and say, take those muzzles off that our culture has created and that your parents have put on you is something that I just found very problematic and really disturbing because to overcome racism and to promote anti-racism, I don't think that being judgmental helps, especially when our culture is also facing so much discrimination and to be someone of that culture, peddling that view that we're silent and that we're meek and quiet just bothered me. Of course, I'm biased, but I would say that about any race, I always try to just swap anyone's race with mine or myself and imagine what would I think if that person looked like me or that looked like my friend? And if I saw someone else trying to put down someone within their own culture, I would just find it bizarre. But let me know if you found it as disturbing as me. And if not, why not? I just want to know where other people come from and whether they support this influencer who's also Chinese espousing for Asians to take their apparent muzzles off. I just found the language pretty um, degrading. And that everyone is silent on the matter of race. It's a very complex and very touchy subject. So if you're going to be talking about anyone having a muzzle, it's everyone. Are we really as quiet and reserved as our community believe? I just want us to question that. Another reason why I feel that I don't fit the traditional notions of what it means to be Chinese is that my Cantonese is very bad. And growing up, I did speak Cantonese and go to Cantonese school. But because my relatives live so far away, it just means that I spoke it less. And I think that language and being able to communicate with people from your community or your relatives is massive in how much someone feels that they're Chinese or not. And I understand why it makes you perhaps more Chinese or more associated with Chineseness, but there's plenty of Chinese people that can't speak Cantonese for the same reasons as me and I don't think that should make us less Chinese. And I just think, why must I be able to speak Cantonese to feel Cantonese? Is anyone less French for not speaking French? Are they not French because they are born French? Is anyone less Japanese for not speaking Japanese? Surely they are Japanese because they were born Japanese and therefore it is their right to claim that identity. So why in the past have I felt less Chinese for not speaking Cantonese? I would say that this is because there are certain expectations of Chinese people or what someone British looks like that I don't fit into because the narrative made for Chinese people or the narrative made for someone who is British is very, very narrow. And to be honest, I don't even think that my lack of identifying with Chineseness is from my upbringing or the fact that I don't feel Chinese enough and things like the fact that I can't speak Cantonese, but in fact comes from what others expect of me. Any sense of inadequacy that I've ever felt has come from other people as opposed to the way I am as a person. Considering I grew up in a mostly liberal household and I was fortunate to be in an environment where I could be whoever I want and I was never pressured or pushed to act or be a certain way, 
I wonder if that's because I'm lucky to have had certain parents or the fact that other Chinese parents were like mine. So let me know. Do you think that your parents fit a stereotype or cultural norms? Because that's not something you commonly associate with being Chinese. I'll give you an example of why I feel like I grew up in a liberal household and that certain notions of Chineseness don't really correlate with some ways I grew up. My dad was so liberal that we'd occasionally call each other swear words as terms of endearment. And I know it might sound quite surprising for a parent to use what people would regard as, quote, foul language to their child. But my dad was super liberal and words were a form of communication. And the idea of having foul or shocking language wasn't really a thing And that just goes to show the lack of boundaries and the amount of freedom I had. You might find that shocking because I don't swear in front of certain people, but that's out of respect and that's usually because um, they're older than me. But generally, I don't mind foul language. I love it. And to be honest, we just thought it was funny because it was shockingly uncouth and just hilarious. Like, we were aware of the, the dynamic of father and daughter calling each other these really profound names. That being said, it did stop after a while because I think he was trying to instill some boundaries and some discipline. Anyway, whether you find that funny or not, you probably don't. But the point being is that I grew up in a liberal household and that's why there's certain things that I can't correlate with. And I'm sure that as human beings and individuals, other people would have had parents that just don't fit these narratives and these scripts that I hear. So do you think that you fit what it means to be Chinese? To my friends who aren't Chinese, who are people of colour or white, do you feel like you fit the labels that people have of you? Do you feel like people have any expectations of you? What is it like for anyone else who feels like they're dual cultured or feels like their home identity may be different from the environment we were all socialised in? There are certain expectations that all people have, so I don't want to exclude anyone from this because this is about creating and defining for ourselves what we deem our identity. Maybe you have a very strong sense of heritage and it doesn't even cross your mind. Um, I want to know your stories. The moment you're told that your race is a part of who you are, that childish innocence of just thinking you are you, you quite quickly lose that when you're in your adolescence and you're growing up. And you recognise that your sense of identity comes from a place that isn't free from other people's opinions. So, yeah, I became aware of my political or social identity in terms of being British Chinese. And people would confront me about it. And then race becomes cemented in your identity. So you can't shed that and your race defines you. That's when I became conscious about my Chineseness and what it means to be British when other people told me that I was other, that I was me plus Chinese me. This brings me on to the question, where are you from? I won't go into the obvious, because I think anyone who has been deemed as foreign knows the question I'm alluding to. But because this is an inclusive podcast, and it's about breaking out echo chambers, I'm not going to assume everyone knows. Essentially, it's a question that means, you're not from here, where are you from? When people first started asking me this question, I would think they meant my hometown or where I lived because it's a simple question and it's normal to assume that you mean geographically. So I'd say Essex or I'd say a seaside town in the southeast because that's where I grew up. And even when I moved closer to London, I would still tell people I was from Essex because 
Either way, I didn't fit their expectations and I've always been met with the same generic response and presumptive stereotype. It felt like people were constantly trying to decipher why I sound the way I do, what my background is. And when you've been asked so many times and when you give a simple answer and it's not enough, you soon realise it's not a direct question about where you're from, where you live. It's a question of your identity and, and how knowing where you're from gives them information about why you are where you are, why you sound the way you sound. And that is normal. It's normal for us to ask these questions and pick up these things and learn about each other. But when it comes from a place of you don't belong or it's the first question you'll ask, I'd say that's the difference. You can tell if someone's trying to get to know you or if someone's trying to stereotype or label or mould you into a preconceived notion that they've already got. And this all may seem an overcomplicated thought process considering it's just a simple question. But stereotypes are built on a bias that we have in our brains. So psychologically, we have certain functions in our brain that cause us to categorise and stereotype. And the way we overcome that is by taking our time and the rational parts of our brains to understand that stereotypes aren't real. Prager Agarwal's book, Sway, she talks about this concept of stereotype threat and the impact it has on our psychology is essentially being aware of stereotypes and how this can impact the way we perform and how we interact with people. Also, I would say that I'm a hypercritical person and I have a hypercritical brain and this means I often gaslight myself. So let me know what you think about this question because for me it's very loaded. This becomes more problematic when the question moves from asking about your location and where you're from to a question of what your ethnic origin or heritage is. It tends to be packaged as, where are you from? And then you'll answer, and this follows. Now where are you originally from? Now where are your parents from? Now where are you really from? Or even better, what are you? Meaning, what is your ethnic origin? What is your background? Although this seems like a question of intrigue, and often comes out of innocence, and when I get asked this question, I don't mind answering, I still want to take this time to express why I think it's significant particularly as someone who's British-born Chinese. When asked this question, and then further asked to clarify, not only is it a reminder that you do not belong, but it is a signal that you are an outsider and you do not look like part of the community. It stresses that there's a foreignness that comes from the way you look and that your ethnicity is something to be questioned. And it often tends to follow a shallow inquisition into your background or lineage. And don't get me wrong, I love to know where people come from and their backgrounds. This comes from a place of being an ethnic minority and knowing that one's culture makes up part of a person. And this question is often a question I'll ask someone Asian. It's a means to form a bond and knowing that there's likely that we've got a shared lived experience. And that is what I'd call a human connection, not a shallow inquiry. Essentially, you'll know because at some point you develop a bank of these interactions where you can discern whether it's a genuine question or someone is trying to refer to you as an outsider. And from my lived experience, unless you're a new friend, then it's often the latter. If you disagree, let me know. Do you think that you've ever unintentionally reduced someone to their race? Have you ever reduced someone just to the way they look? Or I'd love to know if you think it doesn't come from othering you. This is a shame-free zone. Aside from the question asserting my apparent foreignness, this question is also often asked me by guys. And by guys I mean strangers. They tend to do this in a really lecherous way and try to fetishise me by expressing that they like Asian girls or that they're into Asians. 
these type of people that shout at you on the streets or think that it's a chat-up line to ask you where you're from and tell you that they like your ethnicity and culture as though them accepting it and them liking it is something that we should take as a compliment but in fact I just feel I just feel fetishized because that's what it is I think that this sort of topic needs an episode in itself so I will do an extract on yellow fever and the origins of Asian fetishism as well as comparing that to just having an innocent type and where I personally draw the line between having a type and having a racial fetish. This question is asked so much that I've become desensitised and now I succumb to the fact that I know what people are actually asking and I answer the implied question. So I just give people my backstory and get it out of the way because at the end of the day people can make whatever assumptions they want. One more thing, you'd think that this came from a place of ignorance or a lack of being socialised around people of colour but a person of colour has asked me the same question of where I'm from, not in a way that you're trying to bond over the fact that you're both from an ethnic minority. And as an emotional response, it, it baffles me because you tend to be more empathetic and more understanding when you have a, a wider perspective. For example, a woman of colour asked me where I was from and I instinctively just thought she genuinely meant my location and that she didn't mean anything ethnically by it. So I just replied where I was from geographically and then she she asked me the second question to clarify and she was like, no, I mean, where are you really from? So I was quite shocked, but I was like, fine, you get a pass because I know you're not trying to other me, even though she was because everything she was saying was on the premise of white supremacy. And I said, I'm Chinese. And she just looked really surprised when I answered her because this is what she said. Are you sure you're not mixed race? I, um, I assumed that you'd be mixed race because you don't look very Chinese. So I said, because I like to be fair and because I try not to meet these sort of interactions with anger or judgment, I just try to understand where she was coming from because this is what I do. I give people the benefit of doubt all the time, which I shouldn't, but you have to. Otherwise, you're going to be living on the defense 24-7, even though we should be. So I said, oh, maybe it's my eyebrows because I draw them on and maybe I don't know. I don't know why on earth I said it, to be honest. And then she said, no, no, it's not that. So I said, oh, what is it then? Why did you think that I was mixed race? And then she said, you don't, you don't look, you don't look fully Chinese. You look mixed. You're so pretty. And your, your face is, um, your face is not very Chinesey, which it is. I look Chinese. And I said, oh, that's so strange. Um, well, I guess I'll take the compliment. And then she said, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm not saying that Chinese people can't be attractive. I just mean that most of the Chinese people have. And then she just listed off these random characteristics that she thinks Chinese people have, even though I have some very Chinese features. Basically, everything she was saying was very contradictory. And I think because I queried why she thought that, she was trying to justify where her thought process came from. And then a load of rubbish came out, to be honest. And then we just moved on. But it bothered me, not because I don't want someone to think I'm mixed race, not because of, she said, I was attractive, but more just the mindset. So I asked a lot of my friends because it bothered me so much and I was trying to decipher what she was thinking and we came to the conclusion that it must be internalised colourism and when you analyse what she did, innocently so, was 
she was pertaining my attractiveness, in her words, to whiteness and that she couldn't fathom that someone who's fully Chinese could look the way I do and that I didn't have any whiteness in me. And the fact that this internalised colorism is so ingrained, no one is immune. No one has a force field that can avoid being infected by these notions of white supremacy. So yeah, I just think it was really odd that she was asking me where I was from in the context of aligning beauty with whiteness and her idea that therefore I must be mixed. The point is, this sort of question isn't just a question that white people ask or men ask. It's a question that anyone asks if they have deep-rooted prejudice, which we all have. And some people do it more than others. And unless you are trying to actively uncover and unlearn these things, then you will fall victim to it, like we all do. Considering that we measure everything against whiteness as it's the norm, although I don't like to, but it's inescapable, have you ever spoken to a white person and asked them about their ethnicity, whether you're white or a person of colour? Have you ever asked them what their family lineage is? Is that the first thing that you ask them? Or is the first thing you ask them their name? If you haven't asked them about their Anglo-Saxon history, or if they're of German descent, I'd like to question why. Why is it that me or you, or our friends, or someone else might ask a person of colour where they're from in terms of their ethnicity in a country that they're born in and not someone who's white where they're from. With the endless benefit of doubt I offer, I'd still say this small but significant reminder that we're not the norm and that we're out of place, that denial is no longer possible. It sounds like a pretty dire and sad thing to acknowledge, but that's not what this is meant to be because I'm sure like many of you, I've become immune to it. But it doesn't detract from the reality of this question and how this question is born and the complex culture that we live in. So that's what I think about the question of where are you from and what it means to me and how it's moulded my cultural identity and my understanding of what it means to be foreign in this country or seemingly foreign. What does it mean for you? How does this question impact your notion of Britishness? And you might wonder, where does this notion of foreignness come from? Why are we other? So I'm going to go through some numbers just to give us a picture of this country because we all feel like we are just one person in this massive country and especially being of Chinese diaspora, we're so spread out, it's hard to gain a sense of community and feel like there's a lot of us. And as a side note, being less in numbers does not, and I repeat, does not reduce our human right to be treated equally in this country. And I personally blame the media and politics to be at the root of stirring hate and prejudice towards us, and all people for that matter. So I'm going to base this on the official national statistics of the 2011 census. And this is based on how many people there would have been in the country in 2011, because there's almost 68 million people in the UK. 87% of the UK is white and that number might come as a surprise to some people because of the amount of racial profiling and the amount of immigrant scapegoating but people of colour make up about 13% of this country. A lot of this is concentrated in London so it feels like there's a lot of us but when you think about the whole country and the whole landscape 87% of the country is white. So within those smaller towns and with, within less cosmopolitan areas, that concentration is going to be a lot higher, which is why there's a sense of them and us between white people who aren't associated with people of colour and vice versa. So I'm going to give us the numbers on how many Chinese people there are in the UK. 
there are over 400,000 Chinese people in the UK. That in numbers, in real terms, is a lot. Whether it's a small percentage, it's still a lot. So I just want to put that into perspective. We exactly have 433,150. Let's round that down to 433,000 Chinese people in the UK. Bearing in mind this was in 2011. And that doesn't include mixed or biracial Chinese people in this country. Nor does it include people who are East Asian or Southeast Asian who will be treated like they're Chinese simply out of ignorance. And this type of homogenization happens to other groups like South Asians and how people will assume everyone brown must be Indian because of the lack of understanding and the lack of knowledge people have about other cultures. And it's on the basis that whiteness is the norm, whiteness is the majority. And when that is your environment, you're going to have less information about certain cultures. And that's, that's expected. I don't think we should shame or judge people for not knowing because that isn't a really fair position to put people in. But I also think it doesn't take people more effort not to assume. The key here is basing things off stereotypes or a lack of knowledge. I think we can combat this by reducing our assumptions and that way we're not expected to know. Instead, we should be curious or, at the bare minimum, not assume every East Asian person, Southeast Asian person is Chinese, that every brown person is Indian because this homogenization is so dehumanising and is rooted in that anyone who is not of the majority group is other and whoever is in the majority in-group psychologically tends to see the out-group as lesser human and that's why we see so much racial division because people are not being rational and people are acting on their emotions as opposed to knowledge and information to create a wider picture of ethnic groups in this country. 0.7% of the country are Chinese. The two other biggest ethnic groups are Black and South Asian. Indian people make up 1.4 million, 2.3% of the country. Pakistani people make up 1.2 million, 1.9% of the country. And Bangladeshi people make up 450,000, 0.7% of the country. And black people make up 1.9 million of this country, which is about 3%. So to round that up, South Asians make up about 5% of this country, black people make up about 3%, and Chinese people specifically make up 07 I couldn't find a number on East and Southeast Asians as a whole, and that is because the rest of East Asian and Southeast Asian people in this country are put in um, the category of other, which is telling in itself, but I'm sure collectively we'd make up more than uh, 0.7%. So... Dividing the 0.7% of us in the UK, I'm going to round it up. I won't bore you with the exact number. We make up approximately 380,000 in England, 34,000 in Scotland, 14,000 in Wales and 6,000 in Northern Ireland. And although that seems like a small number, we are the biggest non-white ethnic group there is in Northern Ireland. So considering 68 million people make up the UK, 1.8 million is quite small. To give some numbers outside of England, 1.4 billion people make up China and that's about 18.47%. Essentially that's 20% of the world. 20% of the world are in China. That's one fifth of the world. And this doesn't count our Chinese diaspora. There's an extra 50 million people that live outside of China, which is wild. Thailand, Malaysia, America, Indonesia and Singapore have the biggest Chinese communities outside of China. In Singapore, we make up the ethnic majority with 
76% people being Chinese. Now you've got a sense of where we are and our diaspora. Going back to Britain, we're the third largest Chinese diaspora in Europe. If we don't count Russia, the largest Chinese community in Europe is in France, with 600 to 700,000 of us making up the population there. That's about 1%, specifically 0.94, but it's easier to remember 1%. Also, the French Chinese are the oldest and largest Chinese community in Europe, if you exclude Russia, with half of them living in Paris. And it's surprising because I never saw any of us when I was there, and I always see my people because it's so rare. And if I'm honest, when I found that statistic... I couldn't imagine it. And you might be wondering why and why I would even say that. But for me, it's important to say that because that reactive surprise and not being able to imagine a Chinese person being French comes from the same mentality as someone English not thinking that I belong as someone British. And this is what is so wrong with monolithic images of Chinese people and stereotypical narratives that we see in the media and in films because they are so powerful and so pervasive and so insidious that we believe them to be true when they're not. And we internalise this racism because I've never seen images of it. We're so spread out that for me to think about my people in France didn't seem plausible when now that I think about it, I think, of course, why wouldn't I be able to fathom my people in France? So, yeah, the biggest Chinese diaspora in Europe is in France. So if you know any French Chinese people, send them this podcast. And I'm sorry that I've internalised this, this image of us because it just doesn't make sense. And I'm aware of it. I see you and I want more French homies. And next time I go to Paris, I am seeking you guys out. And because I can imagine myself being othered and put myself in that position, I'm able to change my reflex and reflect on why I think that. We can all do that and it could all be avoided with decent humanisation of Chinese people as more than one identity. And it's as simple as that. That is what this podcast is for, to create our identity and have that solidified in culture because that is the only way we can combat this monolithic idea of us if we as a community come together and create our voice. So now that I've shared that um, I have othered my own people... <laughs> Have you ever othered your own people? What is your instinctive reaction to knowing that the biggest Chinese community in Europe is in France, if you don't include Russia? I hope I'm not the only one that was shocked, but also I'd be glad if it was just me, because then it means that less people have internalised this monolithic image of us. So um, I'm embarrassed to say I was clueless. I feel like I shouldn't have been, because the Chinese Labour Corps were sent to France during World War I, so I don't know why I thought it was such a foreign concept. On that note... Chinese people have been travelling and settling outside of China for decades and the more I read about it, the more I discover. Briefly, the UK has been trading with China for centuries and Chinese traders have always been in the UK because of trade links with the East Indian Company and we have a history of Chinese seamen making homes in seaports like Liverpool and London to our history of setting up takeaways and restaurants in Chinatown or local suburbs or our entrepreneurial spirit from starting up laundrettes and businesses. So much of our history and our contribution to this country goes unknown, especially our contribution to the war effort and the fact that very few people acknowledge that Hong Kong as an ex-British colony is directly a result of the opium wars. This is what our identity includes. It's our history and it's important for us to know about it. Otherwise, we're trying to fit into spaces that aren't made for us. And if you've ever come from a place where you don't feel like you fit in, at some point you start to think, I don't care what it means to fit the traditional notions of Chinese or Britishness. I think that through uncovering our history 
and what our people have done before us in this country. I think that is what our culture is, that is what is important, and that is what we should be spending our energy on. Instead of trying to assimilate or being forced to code switch, it's just so much easier to just be who you are. I think having dual cultures means that we're in a position to be able to choose which parts we like and which parts we don't like, and which parts fit and don't fit. That's up to us. And the reason why we don't know about the opium wars or that the opium wars aren't in the mainstream or our participation in the war effort is because historically we've been treated as subhuman and disposable. This is why the next episode is going to be on the yellow peril and understanding what it means for our culture and our identity on the world stage. I hope you enjoyed this podcast or took something from my notions of cultural identity and what it means to be British Chinese. What did you take from it? How do you see your cultural identity as someone white, black, South Asian, mixed, British? Let me know so I don't feel like I've been rambling about nothing. My DMs are open. Comment honestly and feedback is welcome. The next episode will be on the yellow peril. Till next time, lots of love, mags.